welcome back to another episode of Separation Nation, where we identify key separators that the super successful use to get super successful. And uh, seems like it's been a while since we did one of these. It's actually a couple of weeks. We, we did um, a couple in a row and we've had some real good guests on here for you. Please go back and view those. Um, the one we had with Kevin Bullard, the bull. Uh, one we had with David Kaufman. Both have uh, just very fascinating stories, have done a lot in business and in life. And so make sure you go back and view those. Um, we're going to talk about a unique subject today, uh, one that's dear to all of us, something we spend primary, the, the the primary portion of our time. I don't care what business you're in, what career you're in, whether you want to admit it or not, you spend a lot of time thinking about one thing, and that is money. And uh, we want to talk a little bit about how successful people view money. And I just want to kick off with a um, something that you hear a lot of people say. Um, the phrase money is the root of all evil. You know, a lot of people tell you that money is the root of all evil. They'll trace it back to the Bible. And I will, in fact, tell you the Bible absolutely does not say that money is the root of all evil. But what it does say, Big Jet, is that the love of money is the root of all evil. And um, and what I would say about that is, and, and, and kind of my view on that, how can money be evil? Number one, money has no soul. Money has no heart. Money is not even real anymore, okay? If you have cash, the old saying cash is king. Um, I've heard a new saying lately called, that says cash is trash. Listen, if you pay for a cup of coffee for coffee at Starbucks with cash, they look at you funny these days because they want a card. They want a transaction. Um, money has come down to being a number, a transaction, a swipe of a card. I still like to tote a little cash from time to time to tip waiters and waitresses and, and bailmen. I think that's important to still have that personal touch and still tip people. Give honor where honor is due. I'm still a little old school and old fashioned. I like to tote a couple hundred dollar bills in my pocket just so I feel like I got something on me in case I need it for emergency purposes. But getting back to the statement, the love of money is the root, root of all evil, and that does come from the Bible. Love is an attitude or an action. Um, now, I definitely believe our attitudes and our actions when it comes to money can be either good or evil. But money itself is just a tool in your hand or a distraction in your hand. It could be anything that you make it. Money can serve you or you can serve it. It's up to the person who holds it in their hand. But I will tell you this, anything good in this world, anything um, needed in this world, whether it comes to hospitals or schools or orphanages, all of the things that, that we look and we deem great, you can't have without money. And it's your attitude toward money, I believe, is where a lot of people get hung up. What you think about it, Jeff? It's a, it's a tool, like you said. I can take a hammer. And I can go build something with it, drive a nail, build shelter, build something that's going to actually benefit a person, protect them from, you know, their environment, life, rain, flood. I can go build something. I can take that same same hammer and go knock somebody in the head with it and beat a hole in the damn head. And so it's the tool. It's what you do with it. It's how you use it. The same money that somebody might use to snort cocaine with and roll it up or, or you know, throw it some poor girl at the strip club is the same dollar that you can take. And you probably has accomplished all them things before that you're going to put in the offering plate at church, you know, to give to a missionary overseas somewhere. 
So it was the same dollar, was the same currency, but it was used for two different purposes. And what determined the intent of how that tool was used was whose hand it was in. And money's going to always reveal who you are as a person. If you're an asshole without money, you're going to be a bigger asshole in most cases with money. If you're a great person with a good heart that wants to give back and help people, if you don't have nothing, in most cases, you're going to be more of a charitable giver, more of a person that's there to bring support, financial support to an organization or a charity or an event. You're going to be more likely to do that if you've got more of it. Money simply highlights and illuminates and puts a supercharger, if you will, on what we already are as individuals. And so, you know, I, I've got an actual uh, a, a quote that I use and got it memes that have circled on the Internet with this before, and it's cost, cost me a lot of heat. But, you know, love of money is the root of all evil. That's what Scripture says, okay? We want to go to, uh, you know, the book of Jut, Juttonism, verse 1. Then I'm going to sit here and quote, and I'm going to tell you, and this is my personal opinion. This is what I say. Lack of money is the root of all evil. Lack of money is the root of all evil. And here's why. Some of your most impoverished places in this country has got the highest crime rate, period. The people that struggle in areas of struggle the most financially have the most, you know, as far as neighborhoods. You know, I mean, we've seen, I've seen articles and and read just recently how the city of San Francisco in certain places, and Baltimore, Maryland. I mean, it looks like the whole neighborhoods look like a war zone. Crimes is just at an all-time high. People getting shot, killed, murdered, drug sales. Why is that? Because there's no prosperity there. There's no there's no vision there. And and what you end up with is a bunch of folks that have no hope. It's just trying to survive. They're not inspired by nothing. They feel like they're living in a war zone. If you see some of these neighborhoods and places that they're at, it's like a third world country. Some parts of Baltimore, Maryland look like that right now. I mean, look completely like a third world country. And so, I mean, it's just, I mean, it attracts. And so prosperity is going to attract a certain type of people. And you're also in the same regard. Uh, poverty is going to attract, and then more people are going to are going to flock to those areas because they. I mean, it's just an environment for it. So, lack of money, in my opinion, is the root of all evil. How can you, you can't help nobody without it? You can't give to a missions trip. You can't uh, support a charity. You can't give back to your community in any way. You can't feed your family if you don't got enough income coming in. And so, the very people that shout the loudest about, oh, it ain't about money, you know, and you'll hear things like, well, it's not about money. It's about love, or it's not about money. It's about, you know, having good relationships. And I always say this. I say, well, I mean, what's more important, your hand or your foot? How about they're both important? They both matter. They're both strategic. They both serve a purpose. Why do we got to sit here and pick between love or money or pick between prosperity or good relationships or, you know, spirituality, uh, that being at your high state of consciousness, you know, with whatever your your spiritual walk is or money. Listen, it it's all of that right there is just stuff that people perpetuate really because they have less than, you know, whether you want to say the have-nots or whatever, but they, they have less than because of the choices they've made in their own life. We make our choices, and then our choices make us. And so in this type of situation, you get a lot of, of kickback on it. But listen – Lack of money. Can now can you can people be rich and do evil things and commit crimes and do wrong things? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, when the money's there, 
I mean, the, the, I can think of nothing more tragic than needing to help certain people in certain type of financial situations you could bring peace to, that you could solve and remedy, but there's no funds there to do it. I mean, that that's evil. Well, even lifespan is cut by poverty. I mean, it's a, it's a scientifically proven fact. Uh, medically, um, if you can't afford health care, your choices of living uh, – as long as someone who can afford health care is, um, it's just stacked against you. I mean, you medically proven people with prosperity, with money, with the ability to afford health care, uh, whether it be through the form of insurance or whatever, they live longer, you know? And so, um, there's another, you know, a lot of times you hear people say this, they'll say money can't buy happiness. Now I do a hundred percent agree with that to, to a certain point, but this is what I will say. Without money, you can't buy anything. So why why do we have to to look at it and say uh, money can't buy happiness like it's a bad thing? Listen, if you don't have money, you can't buy anything. You can't buy food. Listen, if I'm hungry and I and I buy food, I, it, food makes me happy at least for a little while. It might make me fat too, but it make me fat and happy at the same time. And so you know, there's a lot of things that we just people just say like. Money's the root of all evil. Money can't buy happiness. Uh, money don't change people. Money does change people. I believe money does change people. It can make someone look different. It can make someone dress different. It'll make them drive different. It'll make them live different. Money's supposed to change you. Money changes situations, not just people. It can take a person in a bad situation and put them in a better situation. Money can uh, allow our kids to go to better schools, to get better educations. You know, we talk a lot about education and, and the importance and the unimportance in certain areas. But listen, you can't have it if you can't afford it. One of the most expensive things in this earth that you can get is a college degree. Not everybody needs one. But listen, if you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist, you need a college degree. You can't get it without money. A lot of people spend their entire life, uh, adult life, trying to pay. I, I went hunting with a guy the other day. He was actually the guide for our quail hunt. Same age as me, 43 years old, said he just paid his college debt off. Just paid it off at 43. All that time. Listen, money was important to him. It'll change his lifestyle now. He don't have all that debt like an anvil around his neck. So money is important. Money, you know, to a certain extent, you can have all the money in the world if you choose to be happy. I've seen some of the brokest people out there still happy. Happiness is 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 what you make it. I'm not going to get into that, what makes people happy and what doesn't make them. But I will say this. Next to oxygen, money is probably the most important thing that you can have. Um and the people that say it's not about the money or they don't chase money or, or you know, they're not hung up on money, those people will still spend 40 to 50 to 60 hours a week trying to work to make money. And so money is very important. Um, whether or not it'll buy you happiness, I believe it can get momentary happiness, but at the end of the day, that's up to you. But I will say this, there's absolutely nothing good or bad about money is our attitude toward money. And I'll go a little step further with attitude. I believe your attitude toward money not only can be good or bad, but I believe it can keep it from coming into your life. You know, the way you view money. It's like the person that's, that walks down the street and they see a penny. One person will pick that penny up. The other person won't pick that penny up. Now, I used to be a person who wouldn't pick the penny up because it's just a penny. I mean, what's a penny? 
But every penny I see, every nickel I see, any kind of currency that I see now when I see, uh, on the road, no matter how dirty it is, I'm picking it up. I'm putting it in my pocket because I'm putting a message out there to God, out to the universe that, hey, I value money. I want this money. Send me all the money you can send me. Bring all the money into my life because that's what I want to put off because that has become my attitude toward money. There's an urgency about it to to receive it. I had a, a businessman tell me uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was I was having dinner with him, and I just said, "Tell me, you know, tell me about the story that I hear about the business that you took over from your family that was going bankrupt. Uh, you came in and within just a few years or a few months turned it around. Uh, tell me how you did that." So he went through that entire story. And a lot of lessons I could take from it. But then he told me, he says, and to this day, John, he said, if we get a bill in the mail at our office, he said, that bill is paid and back in the mail before the end of the day. And it it struck me the way he said it. And he says, I I conduct all my business that way, all of my companies that way. And the day we can't do that will be the day we shut the doors because people need to know they can count on us. That's an attitude toward money. Paying your bills on time, that's an attitude toward money. If you pay your bills, if you wait till the very last minute to pay your bills and not have a sense of urgency, you're telling the universe that it's not that important. You're telling the universe that, hey, just bring me the money whenever you want because I'm going to pay my bills late anyway. But to have a sense of urgency and to have that type of attitude toward money, I really believe will attract money to you. It's like, you know, you hear people talk about you know, I'd rather cry in my Ferrari than, you know, if I got to cry, than be sitting there crying and, and they'll name some, you know, regular vehicle. I will say there's an element of truth to that. Uh, being a person that has shed many tears in a Mazda 3, <laughs> and now, now I live long enough to shed quite a few tears from time to time. And that thing was red, too. It you was bright red. jutting that red Mazda 3. And, uh, and so that life put me in that car. It's not that I chose it's it. It's all right. But, you know, Mazda 3, zoom, 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 I cried in that vehicle, and now living long enough to have cried in a Porsche, uh, I, I do got to admit if I got to cry, I'd rather the environment to be nicer. And it, and it does matter. I mean, you know, I, and the point is this. I've been through tough times because uh, life can bring you all kind of tough times. Sometimes it's not money. Sometimes it's relational, you know. Uh, sometimes it's your health, whatever it may be. But. It's the whole thing. I mean, if you got one flat tire, why you want to slash the other three? You know, I mean, if if something's going wrong in your life uh, relationally, at least if you got your money and your finances in order, and you know you don't got to worry about that too, it makes a lot of things a whole lot better. I've known a lot of people that went through divorces that didn't have nothing, and I know through other people that you know have went through relational problems, divorces, whatever. Uh, you know, at least knew that they could take care of their business, even if they had to give part of it up in a divorce or whatever it may be, or people that went through lawsuits. I mean, it's one thing to get a lawsuit uh, when you got money. You got something there that, you know, you know you can pay the $5,000 retainer to the attorney, and, you know, make some frivolous lawsuit or something go away. It's another thing when you're sitting there complete destitute and broke, and you say, oh, God, I hope nothing like that in business ever comes about right now or at least until I bank up some money because I, I ain't got nothing, you know. And, and again, I've experienced and, and drank from both of those wells. So to sit there and say that money's not important or that it won't solve a problem is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I put up a video on 
Facebook. It was a clip from one of our meetings uh, a little over a week ago. And I'm sitting there at lunch. We're meeting with all of our managers. And uh, my wife actually says, so-and-so just, you know, this person just commented, who is this uh, on your video? And I ended that video basically saying that no matter what people tell you, don't, you know, don't believe the lie. Money's important because you absolutely can't do anything in life without it. And it, regardless of what people tell you, it will solve most of your problems. That's how I ended that video. This person I don't even know that apparently follows me on social media and needs to unfollow me, I guess, uh, come under there and just made this blanket statement. They said, money does not fix problems is what they said. And that's the most asinine thing. I mean, I remember a number of years ago when uh, I was in line. I was buying a set of tires for my vehicle. This has been five, six years ago. I'm buying a set of tires a uh, sweet little lady in front of me, got a couple of young kids with her, you know, and you can tell she's a little frazzled. Life seems to be hectic for her. I've been, I'm a people watcher. You know, so I've been sitting in this waiting room waiting on them to get down with my vehicle, watching her. She seems very heavy, just kind of, you know, pressed down, and life seemed like the you know, weight of the world's on her. So I've been watching all this. Well, anyway, it just so happened our vehicles got done about the same time. I come up behind her, and there was something else that went wrong with her vehicle, and it was going to be more she'd anticipated on, on paying. And, uh, she just, I mean, she, I could tell I me mean, she was just awestruck. There was, she was like, I don't know what to do. I don't have this money. I can't, can't afford that. And then the woman actually behind the counter was being very rude to her. Uh, no, no empathy whatsoever. And, you know, basically just told her tough, you're going to have to do that. Or we're going to keep your vehicle here. And the woman began to cry. And, uh, I just reached around the woman, laid my American express card up there. And I told the woman, I said, just pay whatever whatever she needs where she can get her vehicle out and get out of here. That woman turned around, hugged me, cried, thanked me. It wasn't necessary. And, and, and this is one of the few times I'll tell something like that I've done because nothing gets on my nerves worse than people that, you know, feed the homeless and film that crap and then put it up so everybody can brag on them on social media. But this, just for the point of this this conversation today, to sit there and say that money don't solve a problem I mean, that was life-changing for that woman. That woman would, right. didn't have the money, didn't have the funds, might have had to use funds that she was going to buy groceries for her kids on that day, okay? And it wasn't a whole lot of money, but it, it, was, it, was, it was significant to that woman, but it was enough that, you know, comfortably I could make that problem go away for the woman. And I don't do a ton of stuff like that all the time, but to track, track back, you got a, you know, a lady comments on Facebook and says, money don't fix problems. Well, how in the world do you say that? If your parents... Your mother's dying and needs a specific kind of surgery, hadn't had health insurance, and this surgery will save her life. And you got the funds to actually pay for the surgery. You think you think that's going to make your mama happy? Would it make you happy if somebody showed up and said, I'm going to pay this for your mama? Hell yeah, it's going to make you happy. That, that's, that's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's going to make you happy. If you don't got the money to pay your vehicle bill, and they fixing to come tow the thing, and somebody shows up and says, God just told me to, you know, swing by here and give you this check. I don't know why, but I'm going to bless you. And it's the exact amount or more than your vehicle. Is that not going to make you happy? Absolutely. Now, I will say this. Happiness, I believe, is based off of things happening. Right. So you have to get greater fulfillment, okay, than happiness. Joy is where is what comes in there. And joy comes from fulfill, your greatest fulfillment and joy in life will always come from achievement and achievement in your purpose, knowing your why, knowing why God's put you here, what your purpose is on the earth, and achieve achieving inside of that purpose consistently, 
No, when you're grounded in that purpose, in that achievement, in your identity, in your spiritual DNA as a person, that's where joy comes from. That's what allows me to not get too high, too low. That's what allows me to be able to go through difficult times on the entrepreneurial roller coaster and then to go through high times, make sure my lows don't get me too low and my highs don't take me too high and get me too proudful. It allows me to be even keeled because I'm operating from a joy basin. Now, I'll take happiness. Some things is going to make me extra happy. You show up. You know, give me a nice gift, buy me a new watch. I'm going to be happy about that, but my joy is not coming from there. If I don't, if you don't ever give me a gift, you know, I'm not, it's not going to be detrimental to me because joy is the base of where I live from. And it takes work to get there. It takes meditation. It takes getting up in the morning and saying what you're thankful for and keeping your eyes, you know, focusing on the right things, whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's positive in your life and putting your focus on them as opposed to all the negative because we're all just a few seconds away from depression if we focus on the wrong things. But listen, to say that money don't solve problems, in those examples I just give you, is absolutely ridiculous. I know some miserable people that are rich. I'll tell you that right now. But they'd be more miserable if they had financial problems on top of the things that already make them miserable. Well, some people just refuse happiness, refuse to be. I mean, they just refuse it. And they're not going to be happy, or they're not going to be joyful, no matter what. And and whether no amount of money is going to going to do that. And so, um, but I will tell you this, and and you know we can end on this. Um, how we feel about money, and money, this whole deal, you know, attitude toward money. So many people look at money as a bad thing. They it just it's evil. You know, they, they society cultures push it, pushes culture has pushed that, you know, capitalism is, is bad, you know, socialism's the new hip thing. Um, I want to read something too, when you get done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's what, what I'm saying. You know, at the end of the day, you could take all the money in the world from all the people that have money. You can give it to all the people in poverty. Come back 10 years from now and the money will get right back where it's supposed to be because it's the attitude that's why you see so many people that have that they've got to the top and had it all taken away or they filed bankruptcy once or twice or whatever. I heard a statistic the other day just blew my mind and it said that if you take 10 billion uh 10 billionaires, at least half of them's been bankrupt at one time. A first generation billionaires, at least half of them's been um bankrupt at least once in their life some multiple times but they figure it out they just keep going they don't stop and they don't see money as evil they see money as a tool they see money as something that they need it's it's like the business we're in we've got you know when we started this business you and i we had our families that we had to support and we had to feed and then we we grew and we we added this one and we added that one and now we got hundreds of people that depend on this company and this business to make money. And the more and more it grows, the more and more money becomes important in my mind. It comes and it, you know, in the front of my mind, because we I know, just like you know, how many people depend on this thing being prosperous. And so my attitude toward money is do everything that I can do to make myself better. Uh, to make us better, to make this company, to make the things that we do and the things that we're involved in better so that we can bring in more to achieve better things for, for more people. And so money is so very important. But go ahead, Richard. Well, I mean, why, why would you want to be anti-money and anti-wealth? Because if there wasn't wealthy people, you wouldn't have a boss to build a company or build an organization or build a business for you to have a damn job. Well, most people 
that have a bad attitude toward money. And, and I'll take it a step further than this because this, this is a big hang-up for a lot of people. It's very important what I'm about to say. Your attitude toward people that have money would determine how much it, it can it can it be a big hang up in your life and cause you to continue to stay broke. You know, I've you know, um, a lot of people look at someone that they've never even met. I've heard people say this before. I thought he was a jerk or I thought he's a bad person. I thought he was a crook. Him or her was a crook until I actually met him. And why did you think that about this person? Well, they're super rich. You know how all rich people are the same. No, not all rich people are the same. But what I will tell you this is how you view people. You know, do you despise people who have money? Because if you despise people who have money because you don't have money, you're putting that out in the universe. You're telling the universe, hey, people with money are bad, and it will keep money. It will repel money from you. Instead of it drawing money into your life, you will continue to be broke because you, whether you you, you said out of your mouth or not, you believe having money is a bad thing. That's why you're going to stay broke. So what I've learned to do when I'm headed home, if, if, where I live in my neighborhood, when you go into the gates, you go past the first house and the first little circle, you come to a big old huge extravagant looking house with all these palm trees. You know who owns this house. And and um, it, it's just, just beautiful. I come by that house when I don't do it every day, but I try to remember, say the man's name, bless him. Bless that man right there. Thank God for blessing him the way he has because I want that same blessing in my life, so I'm going to celebrate that. One of the most dangerous things you can do in life is despise people for what they have and for what you don't have because it'll keep you. It don't hurt them. They got what they got, but it'll keep you broke, keep you in the situation you can do. And another thing along those same lines is to rejoice in a man's downfall or rejoice when another man is not doing good because it, 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 it sends all that negative energy into the universe and it keeps you in the state that you're in. Learn to celebrate even competitors. You know, we've got competitors in our business that have become friends of ours. And I used to despise them because they would do more business or they would have bigger numbers or they would have more agents or this and that. But I've learned to celebrate them because if you ever want to get to a point in life, you got to learn to celebrate others when they're there and you're not. Listen, guys, if you're listening to the podcast today, for the sake of your family, I mean, get your money right. Get your money right. Change the way you view money. Change the way you think about it. There's tons of books out there that will help you do that. Right, write in. Send us a Facebook message. We can make great suggestions on, on resources, materials, to change your stinking thinking, to rewire the way you think about money because the way you view this, this topic and this issue your thoughts is is basically determining your actions and your words and the things that you're releasing into the universe about. So change that today. Get your money right. I mean, listen, bottom line is the leading cause of divorce in the United States is financial difficulty. How would you say that lack of money is not the root of all evil? You think a divorce, kids being separated from their parents, that's a, that ain't nothing more you know, distressing that I can think of going through that type of situation i've been through a divorce you've been through a yeah. divorce and, and and that's it. if you listen to this podcast and and, and it, this is what i was saying and you can read that quote you think about the fights you and your spouse have okay your number one thing you fight about you don't y'all don't have people say we we have all these fights you have the same fight over every couple has the same fight over and over and there's two things you fight over number one is money that's the number one thing couples fight over and it's usually the lack of money uh, one has a different attitude than the others. Money and sex. You fighting over money and you fighting over sex. 
Well, you ain't getting sex because you ain't got money. You get the money right in the sex policy. Anyway, that's my. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, go ahead, bro. That about sent me into my prayer language right there. Oh, Plenty of money and plenty okay. of sex, and I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, here, it's, I'm going to read this, and then we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll end the show today. Before I read this, though, just remember to like. Uh, anywhere you see the podcast posted, share it. Listen, tell your friends about it. Make sure that you're subscribing on the audio platform of your choice, also on the YouTube platform. Help us continue to get the message out there. Our, our, our numbers, ratings are continuing to grow and expand, and we want to keep keep it going that way, continue to bring value to people. Uh, we don't do this to make money. We do this to try to help folks and get the message out there. And so just continue to help us do that. As it pertains, this will kind of just tie everything up with a bow right here, okay? And it's very straightforward. I've seen this. This is not something I wrote. This is something I've seen earlier today. But what it does is it highlights as, as much as we see in society today, you know, capitalism, that viewpoint, versus socialism and that viewpoint. And like I tied into the comment I made earlier, you know, you need to thank God that there's some rich people out there or most folks wouldn't have a job because 97% is working for the 3% that have sacrificed to build something. So listen, this kind of just uh, really just kicks it right into Manly's here to end this on the viewpoint of this. And what this says is, is the title is billionaires need to pay their fair share in quotation marks. Billionaires need to pay their fair share. Here's this guy's response. Bullshit. Most of them risk 20-plus years risking it all, tolling away with zero salary so that your life could be better. Jeff Bezos employs 800,000 people and pays over $10 billion a year in salaries so you can get two-day delivery while you sit on your ass. Be honest with yourself. You're lazy, unskilled, and lack the necessary drive, motivations, education, problem-solving, work ethic, and creativity to succeed in the easiest time to succeed in human history. Capitalism didn't sell you a worthless $200,000 degree. The universities did. I will never sympathize with the victim poor me mentality. You want more? Go look in the mirror. That's whose responsibility. Get off your ass and get your lazy hands out of other people's pockets. No risk, no reward, period. And we'll see you again next time here on Separation Nation.